Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary, it's time for the podcaster, who I kind of sound a little bit like a narrator on like a monorail or something. It's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep, patrons. Thanks for the support. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast to put you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's the thoughts, the feelings, the physical sensations, the changes in time or temperature. Maybe, you know, so stuff you've been on your mind, stuff that, that you're feeling physically or emotionally, or just changes, or, or just you can't sleep. How about that? Or you wake up uh, and can't get back to sleep. Whatever it is, I'd like to uh, take your mind off that. I got this nice, safe place here. Set aside plenty of room, plenty of personal space, plenty of distance. Uh, very comfortable. Come on in. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use a lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones, pointless meanders, superfluous tangents. Holy cow. I don't know. Like, I just pictured myself blowing. Like, if, if tangents were a balloon, I'd be a balloon seller. Uh, tangential balloons. That was on my That album was only released in Germany. Uh, under the, that is right, it was under the name Chardonnay Noir. It was my cabaret album, Tangential Balloons. It was a good one. That, that, actually, we just did a dance remix of it, too. But that's another life. Uh, what, was, what was my point? Oh, superfluous tangents. I'm going to go off topic. Uh, really, what I'm here, here to do is keep you company. If you're new, hi, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Don't worry, we'll talk about inflatable inflatable tangents. Uh, I think I've talked about that before. But if you're new, here's a couple of things. I'm glad you're here. This podcast is a little bit different. So I don't exactly know. If it, like I've been doing it, whatever, seven, almost 800 episodes. I still don't exactly know how to set the um, expectations. I know if you're skeptical, totally makes sense. And if you're not sure about this podcast, of course, why wouldn't you be? Like, uh, it's a podcast that puts you to sleep. You say, well, what's your, you know, I mean, well, let me, uh, so that's why you say, well, I'm not sure how to set the expectation. I'll tell you this podcast is a little bit different. It does not make a whole lot of sense, and it does take some adjusting to get used to or not. Like, most listeners say, well, I listened two or three times, and then it stopped. I started falling asleep, and I realized it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, uh, so, uh, I guess like just see how it goes. It, it, just, I mean, just here to help. But there's no pressure. And there's no pressure to listen. This is one of the few podcasts you can kind of barely listen to. You could turn me all the way down, but some listeners, you know, turn me all the way up. Uh, most people find it somewhere in between. And so, no need to listen. Also, no pressure to fall asleep. I'm going to be here for about an hour to keep you company. So if you can't sleep, I'm going to be here. And then you could queue up episode after episode. So I'm here to the very end. 
so that you can fall asleep whenever you want. Uh, structurally for the show, what to expect is the show starts off with business that you already heard. That's how we're able to keep the show free for everybody instead of like paid service or whatever. Uh, then there's an intro, which is around 12 minutes of me trying to explain what the podcast is and earn your trust. Uh, and the reason it goes on for 12 minutes is just because it takes me forever to get anywhere. And, uh, also a lot of listeners use it as part of their wind down. Cause you say, well, if, like, uh, again, I, I over, I might overuse the word paradoxical, but it's just because I don't understand how this podcast works either. I don't know if a podcast would work if it said, okay, I'm going to put you to sleep right now. Uh, right after this intro. And you'd say intro, you know, smoothity smooth. One, two, three. Uh, I'm here with, a, you know, Scoot's imaginary friend, Bill. And, uh, we're, you know, we're sponsored by whatever, uh, you know, sleep cream. And here we go. Time to go to sleep. That to me was like, seems like a little bit of like, I like a, like a wind down. And sometimes I need a stealth wind down. And sometimes I need like where I say, okay, I'm going to get like I, I actually have a dimmer now, so I dim my lights uh, ideally like hours before I want to be to bed. A little inside, you know, a little inside baseball, as they say. Uh, ideally, after I do the dishes, uh, the next time I'm in my room, if uh, the lights go on, I try to t- turn the dimmer all the way down. Now that does lead to some fumbling, but I'm fumbling and bumbling 24/7 anyway. And then you know I have a wind down routine. Uh, and ideally, I, I, I stretch my wind-down routine over about an hour, but uh, and it can vary. But I think that stealth moment of turning the, the dimmer on, at least I am empowered, you know. I say, yeah, okay, dimmer's on at least. is It's got to be good for sleeping. And I don't know. my Oh, my point is uh, most listeners need a wind-down. Now, some listeners, they don't need it. They fall asleep during the intro or they skip the intro. They go to like 18, 20 minutes, and they just start playing the show there. Yeah, so if that works for you, that's great. Whatever works for you, try it out a few times and see how it works. So that's the intro. Then there's some business. Then there's a story, which is a uh, tonight will be our episodically modular series, Big Farm in the Sky PI. And you can listen to those episodes in any order. So if you're new and you say, well, I don't know anything about this series, don't worry, I'll catch up on it. Uh, I'm here to keep you company right as you drift off. Uh, and then there's some thank yous. So, so that's structurally what to expect. You don't need to listen. No pressure to fall asleep. And what, oh, so I was talking about inflatable meanders. Is that what it, inflatable meanders? Uh, yes, I guess if at some point it, during the intro, I was picturing myself just blowing meanders up. But that would be pretty cool. You see, what are those, uh, what letter, are those all, are those balloons all W's and curly Q's? Oh, no, these are malo- ma- 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 meander balloons. Uh, uh, I guess I should have called the album Meander Balloons. Maybe that should be my new, if I become a DJ, is that what Marshmallow is? Or does Marshmallow do other stuff, uh, like stuff that takes talent? Because uh, probably, you know, but for me, well, I could be Meander Balloons. Uh, I wouldn't be able to do anything except, me. I guess I already do it, Meander uh, it could also be a joke, or what are those, like, uh, puzzles, uh, I'll never think of what they're called, where it's like a picture, it's like a pun, but you look at it and you try to figure out what it is. Uh, 
because meander balloons almost sound like meander balloons, which sounds like uh, I was thinking originally someone standing under the balloons. Uh, but I guess you'd say, I guess maybe if you live at the sea, you'd say, yeah, well, I have, uh, well, what do you wear? I didn't see, you, you, I don't see your flotation device. You say, well, I wear meander balloons, uh, actually. I'm, you know, I'm uh, Carl Cousteau, the youngest of the Cousteau, uh, the great, you know, I'm the fifth generation of the Cousteaus, Carl Cousteau. I wear meander balloons. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a founder and I'm a customer. Meander balloons. That's how I stay afloat and comfy, except for the sweating part and the fact that they're made of, like, uh, whatever, uh, but you know, I stay afloat. Uh, you see, some people wear uh, some people wear leather. Some people wear latex. Uh, I wear balloons. Uh, they say, how, "How do you look so? Uh, uh, how do you look so svelte, Carl?" And I'd say, "Well, it's me under balloons. That's what it is." And they say, then the reporter said, "Okay, so you're actually wearing balloons as underwear." Well, not, well, it's a balloon-based underwear product. It's me under balloons. Uh, so why well, I am wearing the prototype that I made yesterday with tape. There is also scotch tape. Uh, so you're wearing scotch tape and balloons as underwear. No, no, it's a prototype uh, of meander balloons. And when the prototype's finished, uh, it'll be inflatable. So it'll be like PFD. So say uh, it's also swimwear. It doesn't, you know, it does instantly dries because it's balloons. Uh it's in, and I wear it as undergarment. Yes, that part is correct. Uh, what do you wear when you're wearing nothing, Carl? Well, I don't. I wear me under balloons uh, uh, because if I was wearing nothing, I'd actually probably have, like it. Would that's a trick question? Again, I just like to circle back to my. So you're wearing balloons as an undergarment. Balloons are part of my undergarment, correct. Uh, okay, let's get back to the sleep podcast. And uh, now that we got that clarified, uh, it's a work in progress. Uh, that's Carl Cousteau, one of the imaginary Cousteaus, not to be confused with the actual Cousteaus, uh, and an inventor, inventor, uh, imaginary friend, and inventor, Carl Cousteau, also customer of Meander. Meander uh, what was it? <laughs> I already forgot because I wear meanderwear. Oh, meander balloons! It it really it's a shame we don't have a budget. You're right, Carl, because I could see many commercials. Say, eh? you see what do you got under there? Hold on, meander balloons. Also, anybody listening, don't ever wear, but don't put any balloons. Uh, balloons are for don't make any balloon undergarment prototypes. I'm not even joking. This is all just fictional. Uh, just to clarify that, uh, keep the balloons, uh, keep the balloons in the balloon, you know, blown up or wherever. Uh, Carl, what kind of example are you setting? Well, I thought I was cutting edge. It turns out it's just, uh, you're a dreamer, Carl. That's great, you know, because I'm here to enable people's dreams too. And the way I do it is I go off topic. Uh, sometimes I get caught up uh, in interviews, uh, that I end up saying, well, it could have gone a different way, but it, like, uh, especially when something's catchy like that, it's hard to get out of. Uh, and the name Carl Cousteau is also catchy. Uh, and uh, so we'll just, just stick with that. Thanks, thanks again for coming by, Carl. Also, have a brother named Carl, so that works out cool.
got an editor on the show named Carl. So, uh, so anyway, I'm here. If you're new, I guess that gives you a pretty good example of how the podcast works. Uh, I'm taking your mind off of stuff. I, I, I would posit, uh, that, uh, I, I did maybe there. You say, Oh yeah, I forgot. I was thinking about what was I thinking about it? Well, just think about meander balloons. Anytime the word spreadsheet tries to get into your head, say meander balloons, uh, you see, where's that spreadsheet for them? Put it, I put it in one of me under balloons, uh, boss. Uh, let me just get it out of here. It's pretty tight, though, because, you know, it's still in a balloon. Me, don't worry, they're imaginary. Great. Carl Cousteau invented them, of the imaginary Cousteaus. So, anyway, if you're new, I'm here to help. I'm here to keep you company and to take your mind off stuff. So I really appreciate you coming by. I make the show because I've been there and I know how it feels, uh, and I want to help... Uh, so I think that's it. Give it a few tries, like most listeners say. But I appreciate your time. I work very hard. I yearn and I strive because uh, I'd like to help you fall asleep. And thanks again for coming by. All right, hey everybody, welcome to another uh, episode of our episodically modular s- series, Big Farm in the Sky PI Season Two. It was. <laughs> it was you know in a sleep podcast you can get away with this. What was originally known as the Phantom Minnow Season. And still will be, but because it's episodically modular and uh, uh, whatever, you say, well, there's very little Phantom Minnow in this. Uh, it's still a catchy title for season two. I think it should be properly called uh, Tweens in the Towns. Uh, but that's more, that's too, you say, what is that? Like, uh, like uh, I guess neither one is super sleepy, sleep podcasty. But if you're new... Oh boy, or if you're coming back for your 11th helping of Big Farm in the Sky PI season two, the Phantom Minnow season, or more, uh, I'll, I'll set everything up for you so you could sleep right through it without having to worry about continuity or anything. Because uh, while those are things I, I'm aware of and think about, uh, you know, this is uh, on a. Dr- well, this actually takes place in the real world, the world, same world you and I share. Uh, Earth, uh, as it's quaintly known, and it takes place in the state of Florida and in the the great retirement community known as the Towns, with an E, T-O-W-N-E-S, the Towns, uh, probably with an LLC or something in there, you know, something, something, holdings, uh, but just the Towns, one of the largest retirement communities in the world. And our, our series stars a G, 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 E, E, and D, K. Uh, best friends, uh, kind of like sisters, not actually sisters. Tweens, I think, though they could be teens. Uh, uh, you know, young women will refer to them. I think that's a, definitely a, a accurate. Uh, and they are on an independent study program with uh, D, K's aunt, Penny. Uh, so their students are doing great in school. They said to their school, hey, what if we go and stay with Aunt Penny for a little while and we run our own business? That could be a semester of school. We'll learn a lot. I mean, let's be honest. They were way ahead of their classmates. They're just both really like uh, great students, not just great students, cur- world curious. And so that's what they're doing. And their business happens to be like a PI helping business. Uh, 
where they're helping people solve missing, you know, like, so that's like where I say, well, what is it, a PI business or something? I say, well, in a retirement community, as we said at the beginning of this, you know, the case of the missing wallet, it could be a mystery or it could just be a case of a wallet being missing. And so they've been adaptable with their business. Now you say, okay, where's the big farm in the sky, PI part of the scoots? Well, that's their Uncle Simon, specifically G's Uncle Simon. Once upon a time, before we knew him, actually, before even I knew him, he was an earthly resident, just like you and I. Or some, you know, uh, we shared them, you know, we're all mammals, I guess, uh, and so Simon was, well, he was a human. I'm just saying because, you know, dogs, cats, other mammals listen to this show. Maybe some, you know, maybe other beings do too. What up, fishes? Birds, you know I love you, uh, even though you can't really pay for the podcast or, you know, spread the word anyway. Glad I'm helping. Uh, Z to the L's to the R's, uh, you know, uh I'm glad I could put some warmth in your, you know, cold, your cold state. You know, you know how it goes. Can't, you know, can't talk about you during a sleep podcast. So, well, where was I? So Simon was a human. Then uh, Simon, you know, Simon's, you know, like they said, you just like once upon a time when you were at a grocery store and you wanted something, you took a number and they would call your number. I think they'd say your number's up or something. They say now serving number 44. Well, Simon's number went up from Earth, and they said, well, we're, uh, you're transitioning from earthly life suddenly for, like, uh, to another like another level of existence. In Simon's case, it was like a lot, you know, for some people, they go to the big farm in the sky. And the big farm in the sky is a place that's neither on either end of any. It's not. It's a spectrumless place, uh, or beyond the spectrum, uh, because it's neither good nor bad, nor in between. Or maybe it's all of those things. I mean, you say, "Well, Scoots, how is that possible?" I say, "Well, if it's all, uh, so it's a place where you go after your post-earthly realm. Not that different than Earth, uh, just more possibility." And also Simon got a chance to say, well, what do I want to do now that I've lived a post, you know, earthly life? Uh, and Simon decided in Simon's post-earthly life uh, to be a uh, to, to be a P.I. And that was season one, which you can find in our archives, uh, Big Farm in the Sky P.I. No, I don't think it was called season one because it was just the first season. And so that was season one. Simon was uh, in the Big Farm in the Sky figuring out cases as a P.I., getting help from our earthly friends at G and DK. Now in season two, G and DK are running their business in the towns and they are getting help from Simon. Also, another great thing is that it just happens to be that Simon uh, handles the narration duties of all these stories uh, because Simon keeps a lot of audio notes and that's how we got to access all this stuff. Uh, so I think that's it. Like G and DK are in the towns uh, in Florida, solving cases, and Uncle Simon's helping them. Uh, now, when we last left off, I think Simon will kind of fill you in, uh, but just to do a little bit of extra place setting. If we haven't set that, you see, Scoots, how long have you been setting? The, how long does it take you to set a table? Let's see. There's two different things. You want me to set the place setting or table setting? Those are two different jobs. 
So the table setting will take me about six, seven minutes. Uh, and then the place setting will take me a little bit less because Simon is, was in the big farm in the sky when we last left off. Also, go back to setting the table. You might say, so scooch. Uh, okay, so, you know, this isn't my belief system, but I could believe that there's another belief system where you go to the big farm in the sky. Yeah, because, you know, we, we, you know, we can all agree that belief systems may, you know, they don't invalidate one another, particularly on a sleep podcast. Uh, so you say, okay, I, I can get, I can suspend, I can do a suspension of belief systems for that, Scoots. Uh, but you say, Simon is a post-earthly resident, but is helping two kids in Florida. I say, well, young women, by the way, in Florida, this because you call them tweens earlier, Scoots. We just tweens is a more catchy title. Okay. Uh, he's helping his niece and his best fr- her best friend uh, solve cases and help people. How's that work? Okay, great question, actually. And I could try to do it briefly. Uh, so if you're so in the big farm, most people go to the big farm. They just go there. They don't have communications with Earth uh, that's standard protocol. It's similar to a lot of mo- some movies uh, where a standard protocol, you see, well, you're going on your next stage of existence. When you, you know, when your cat Milford gets here, we'll let you know and you can hang with Kim Milford. Uh, but until then, just enjoy a big farm in the sky. Now, there are, you know, just just like everything else, there's a great, just the big farm's a great, beautiful, diverse place, uh, just like Earth is. And just one tiny piece of this, uh, like, differences is that some people can, you know, talk to Earth, uh, whatever, but it's very rare uh, for people to be able to go visit Earth, uh, you know, because we are trying to do our earthly stuff. We can't have big farmers coming down here and saying, uh, what are you doing, you know, what are you doing? I'm not, this doesn't fit within my, like, normal day-to-day things. So I think we've pegged it mathematically at like one in four or five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten billion chance that you say, well, I just happen to have the ability to go between the big farm in the sky and Earth and communicate with Earth, like my niece, in this case, Simon's niece and niece's friend. So it's just a very rare thing. Just to point that out, that uh, now there's this special moment we're getting to participate in and, and rest to. Uh, but that you say, because you say, well, it doesn't add up otherwise, Scoots. And I'm sure there's mathematicians listening that are saying, wait a second, those numbers kind of do add. say, well, yeah, I guess it's like uh, every once in a while, I'm, you know, I said it once, I'll say it again. A clock's wrong, you know, broken clock's right two times a day. That's what you meant, Scoots. Uh, right, sometimes you just having to look at the clo- a broken clock at the right time is what I would say. And the time is right. And you know what the time is right for? Is a great Hollywood celebrity here to uh, do the teaser, the lead into the episode. He's a, he's a kind man. He's a gentleman. He's a handsome man. And he's a man, you know, that puts up with a lot, drives here from LA in his spare time. Uh, then has gotten so much better at lying still. And quietly, without needs, you know, other than, you know, like, you know, just like you say, 
Wow, how do you do? I guess that's how you act to, to uh, Mr. Antonio Banderas. As the ladies and gentlemen, as the boys and girls, the friends beyond the binary, it's time for the big farm in the sky. Let's crack this case. Hiya. It, you know, do you know that that's strange, that hiya, because that's kind of how I do the Miss Piggy, my Miss Piggy imitation. Oh, yes, I, I enjoy that. And no, it's different than acting. Lying still is me. I'm listening to the podcast just like a f- f- fan of your show would, as a, as a friend and a fan. I'm looking forward to lying. And now, you know, after being in traffic for nine hours, uh, not having, you know, not, you know, lying and not moving for a while and listening to the show. Uh, thank you. Uh, this is Mr. Antonio Banderas, everybody, and this is Big Firm in the Sky P.I. Uh, hey, Diane, it's me, Simon. Um, I'm uh, taking it on faith you can hear me, Diane. Uh, and well, that you remember. Uh, but, I, but I guess I'll just uh, fill you in, Diane, uh, catch you. Like, so, so, Diane, I had flown here with the, the parrot, uh, the you know, the parrot situation. Not important, Diane. But we had gone through some crossover stuff, and I did change into the Phantom Minnow. And I don't seem to be able to get back to Earth, uh, Diane, and I haven't figured that out uh, to see G and DK. And I've been unable to contact them, Diane, and I could see what's going on down there. First, I couldn't even see what was going on down there, so maybe things are coming back uh, and I've been meaning to make time. It's just an adjustment. I'm here at the house, uh, and it, I don't know. Things are different, you know, but again, I said, well, I can't expect everything to be like it used to be in my other life. Uh, but so I don't know what's going on. I don't, I'm, I mean, I'm still a fan of Minnow, uh, but I'm still me, you know, Diane, but, uh, it, I don't, I don't know. So I can't, it's like a transformer that, uh, I think one time I heard about this happening, and luckily it's not a toy now, so I could say it without any, you know, in case any kids listen in, Diane, of taking a transformer and then gluing it in one, like if it wasn't yours and you borrowed it. Also, Diane, a transformer is something that changes from a robot into a vehicle normally. But so if you transformed it and then with glue and then you just glued it as the robot or as the vehicle, like Bumblebee is a good example currently, uh, that's kind of what I'm like. That's not a nice thing to do, though. If it's your own, you'd probably be disappointed, too, unless you said, well, I love, uh, I mean, there was one day and I remember seeing, uh, I think it was one of my, uh, I don't know, it was somebody they were playing with, it was a microscope guy, but it wasn't a very good microscope, so it was better off just changing into a robot anyway. I think there was also one that was a boombox. Uh, so, so, Diane, I'm stuck in Phantom Minnow mode, a bit like a fishing lure. That's what I look like when I'm not all grandiose uh, or like a minnow. But I have like three bodies. It's just interesting, Diane. I mean, this is a different world anyway. Nobody's uh, blinking their eyes at me. Yeah, but so, what was I saying? Okay, so I can see G and DK kind of at times, uh, uh, but I can't check in with them and I can't see them all the time. But uh, that's always been the policy. Cause, you know, they need you know they they need their own time. 
And I did ask around about this is like, uh, you know, I knew it was rare to be able to go visit Earth, uh, and I don't really tell people I can do that. Uh, but even people, wa- you know, watching back there, really not the thing. And now I know why. Because if you could, it's actually better that I could go back there. Because being able to check in every once in a while and not talk to them is not easy. And then not going to see them, I say, I miss G and DK. Yeah, so it's not easy. Holy cow. And especially right now, Diane, because G and DK, they've been dealing with, uh, they have a lot going on. Yeah, so maybe I should just get into that. They, uh, so you know, they, they've been studying and running the business with Aunt, Aunt Penny's, uh, the PI business. I've been helping them with, uh, and it was going good, and they were doing that for a grade. And now that spring break was is coming up, uh, they have like they had to submit before spring break. Uh, I guess surprise the, te- the poor teachers probably got to read all the stuff on spring break. Yeah, but this was a few weeks before spring break. They had a big layout due of their entire uh, business plan. Like, so basically, a majority of their grade they were going to get now, and then the teacher would give them notes. Uh, I think 60% of their grade was coming from this report, and uh, maybe 70%. And then after the teacher gives them notes back, uh, they would like they could refine it. But you know, so the school year comes after spring break, you know, it goes fast. Uh, so they would do a, like a final draft, I guess. Uh, and things were going mostly great. You know, there are challenges. You know, not every case they could crack and, uh, you know, not easy. Plus, they missed their friends. You know, they had to navigate uh, that they're not actually sisters, but they're spending all this time together, not being around a lot of other kids, being a lot around retirees, living with they, – they've, they've, they've gone – you know, they've really grown. And uh, – but then suddenly there was, like, uh, some added uh, other uh, – uh, learning opportunities. I guess if I was keeping it in the educational spectrum here. Oh, Dan, this is another question I figured you would be asking yourself. Uh, I can't check in on anybody else. I think that's something somebody else, they said, like, uh, or maybe some part of my brain said, uh, huh, I wonder if you could check in. Like, I was like, uh, I wonder what's going on at this, my, my favorite restaurant, uh, Marley G's. And then I, uh, I couldn't check, so I can't check on anything else. Uh, I just wanted to clarify that. Um, so I got to tell you, I'm just walking around here, and my place. I'm going outside now. You can see it won't sound any different to you, Diane, but uh, I know it's a lot of stuff. Like when G and DK are dealing with stuff, and I can't help, uh, it's not easy for me. And I think maybe I'm growing, you know, because. Uh, you know, I said, well, they're, 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 they're independent. You know, they, they're dealing with things, uh, to not mind to control. And, you know, mostly I was watching them finishing up this final report and submitting it or the, you know, lead up to the final reports, you know, imagining them, you know, the independent study, this is their whole, it's not just for one class, you know, this is their whole credits for the semester, and, you know, but, but they said, well, they're really doing a good job. They're kind of talking about the pluses and the not pluses uh, and the sustainability. 
And, you know, that's all interesting. You could just read the poor report, I guess. Uh, and I figured this is the Keystone Project. I said, you Keystone Report of the project. Uh, and I said, okay, I think they're going to not probably decide. I don't know. Whatever the decisions were moving forward, they felt good about turning it in. I felt pretty good about it. If the if the whole purpose of this was for them to learn and grow, the job done, because they've learned a lot of lessons, interpersonal skills, business skills, learning skills, and nobody ever teaches you how to learn, you know, Diane? You know, math, uh, finances, uh, uh, you know, organizational skills, spatial relations, my, you know, totally geometry, all, all of it, Diane. You know, like uh, the theater of life, even. Yeah, but then after they finish finish the report, you know, we had we have had some, you know, we haven't had a like so what is it Moriarty or Soliere, you know, any of those you know, Ciliary, Moriarty. You know, Don Bacardi, whoever the uh, nemesis are. I don't know. Did you, did Encyclopedia Brown or Nancy Drew or the Hardy Boys or Big Nate or uh, Thea Stilton, Geronimo Stilton, Fancy Nancy? Did they have nemesis? Diane, probably, maybe. I, I I wonder. I know Fancy. Everybody says Fancy Nancy's not a detective. Uh, Diane, but when I figure out the case of me being fancy, then I'll know. So I think what happened was that GNDK's profile kept growing as they got more and more cases solved. Uh, and we, you know, if they did have a nemesis, I think that's what I was saying, it would be the explainers, which is a mysterious thing that maybe we were even imagining existed. Was there some group of... Uh, yeah, probably uh, older males that uh, w- like was displeased with G and DK's presence and positive attention and empowerment uh, that was trying to be nemesis like or uh, put obstacles in their path. Uh, we said they couldn't be, or could it be? You know, the fake cases we dealt with. Uh, the case of the rabbit feed. We say rabbit feed or rabbit feet. Uh, but so, uh, the, so with success, uh, uh, and ignore, we, I guess we learned the most important thing is to ignore the splainers. If they were there, we just keep ignoring them, uh, because that would really rub them, the, 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 you know, the way they don't, they want to be, they want to be right. Uh, it's, oh, thank you for, and I said, have I been splaining? And maybe this distance from G and DK is good, but it's not easy, Diane. Uh, so where was I? So, it, okay, so so usually things have been going pretty smooth. Uh, and maybe this is all unrelated in projection, but suddenly the rules changed on us. Or on uh, G and DK and Aunt Penny. Because Aunt Penny had gotten a permit to have GNDK stay with her for longer than 30 days in one calendar period, which is a normal rule. And, you know, I think we talked about that. I don't know, but she, she had gotten a permit for that. Uh, and it, normally there was no, never a oversight about businesses that kids were running. 
But suddenly uh, someone showed up and they said, oh, well, you don't have a business license uh, to operate a service-based business out of this home and you're not actually residents of the town. And and, and it, all these layers of uh, bureaucracy, they said, well, you can't, they said, well, we'll get a, well, you don't, not a resident. Also in this county, you know, you're not a, of working age. So how are you going to have a business if you can't work there when you're the workers? You know, this stuff was never, ever enforced. Uh, then they said Aunt Penny's, because in light of this, they were going to re reexamine Aunt Penny's uh, resident permit exemption. And, you know, just stir up like, uh, you say, well, what, what are you bugging us for? G and DK are just helping people. And uh, it's not like they're hooting and hollering and, and uh, running around. Uh, yeah, but what we really felt like was it was somewhat warning shot from the splainers. I mean, that's what I how I felt when I would imagine talking to G and DK. And so they said, no, 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 you can't run any more of these businesses. Uh, cases, your cases are closed. Uh, and this kind of put G and DK in a, in a huff because they're not exactly uh, myopic or naive to this situation. And so they felt like it was some sort of machination. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, other people said, well, you're, you're making a mound out of a molehill. And I know I was up here, I was huffing and puffing, Diane, and I was positive that I didn't know who was behind it, but I didn't like who was behind it, uh, and that my goat was gotten. And I think how G&DK felt like that, but then they said, okay, well, we submitted a report, we'll start, uh, we'll see what the teacher says, and this is maybe another learning opportunity. And they even worked with some of the free services available for young business people to say, well, are these are they actually portraying the the rules and the, the regulations accurately to us? So they were, despite being like they were originally empowered with irritation, but then they were empowered to real action and trying to look at it and say, okay, well, our time was almost up anyway, and we we're adjusting the business model. So this is again part of this adjustment. And I do think that this is where I don't think they needed me there, Diane, but they missed me. I felt like, and maybe it was just because I missed them, but because I was good to help them talk it out uh, for them to find their own solutions. And so they were there talking to me, even though I wasn't there. And also like to help the feelings get, get uh, fresh air or whatever they say, sunshine. And I feel like if I was there present, it would be easier to, you know, I would be there to validate things a little bit more and say, well, that's perfectly okay that you feel, uh, do you two want to stomp your feet around uh, with it? Because this is the kind of stomping your feet. Do, do you two want to lie down and moan or curl up in balls? Uh, because in, uh, Uncle Simon will be here to listen to you. So I did all those things here. Yeah, but then G and DK got focused. So they went back to work on the report. They actually contacted the teacher and updated her and what was happening. And they were already adjusted when then, oh, Diane, uh, the, the things were taking up another notch. Uh, because then uh, 
DK, G and DK's, like, they, like, uh, they heard from school board, and then the teacher heard from the principal and the district manager uh, about, uh, like, someone uh, told on them and said uh, these two have been operating a non-licensed bit, like, like, basically saying that invalidating all G, G and DK and the teacher's work. Uh, and saying who agreed to this, uh, this was anonymous or anonymous to us, uh, or anonymous to me processing all this or G and DK's analysis of all this, uh, but that they weren't learning anything other than breaking rules. What kind of lesson is that for kids to learn? And I would say, excuse me, but, uh, and like, what kind of, how could a teacher be a part of this, uh, and basically demanding that they get no school credit for the entire semester. And this was kind of a big deal because they had already, G and DK already had summer plans for something else, uns, you know, uh, uh, flourish related, flourishing related, not school related. And because they're in middle school, this means they wouldn't go to high school with all their friends. Uh, because they were actually getting like a semester and a half worth. So that basically they would get, uh, they, they would get, they would be set back. Uh, they would lose their credits if they didn't go to summer school, which would be even hard for them to make the credits up. Uh, they would miss a year of school or a half, you know, three quarters of a year of school. And their teacher kind of went through all this with uh, G and DK and like Aunt Penny and G, G and DK, you know, G's parents were also DK's, uh, you know, the, the family went, was dealing with it with the teacher. And the ridiculous of this and kind of reassuring, saying, well, this is bureaucracy. This is a, yet another learning opportunity. And that even navigating this is really expansive, uh, not easy. And again, I wished I could have been there and that that was part of the process and that they would appeal it or whatever, like, uh, that this wasn't going to go. You know, but, it, but the hard thing was that it was like, uh, you two are going to have to hold on, like, while, like, that suddenly, very similar to me, the control of everything was give, turned over to these adults. Uh, to, in, in some sense, it was a strange uh, echo form of explaining to say, oh, okay, you two will just wait while the grown-ups figure this out. And you say, well, you're not figuring out like grown-ups from what I can see from out here. Uh, but so they were all trying to deal with it, deal with the bureaucracy, deal with this unseen hand. And also there was also this uh, sense of un inherent unfairness uh, that made it difficult when G and DK first proposed this of why do these two get to go and run their own study thing and they were trying to do it, you know, just say, well, we, because we had the initiative, uh, we did all the work uh, to propose it and enact it. Uh, it's just not something that happened, and the school just said, okay, do whatever you want. So there was also some residue from that, uh, and the splainers are good at, you know, doing that. And, and there was this thing of, like, oh, you have to get back here immediately for this thing, and, you know, all the adults in D&DK said, said, no, they're running, 
like they're supposed to be finishing out their work for the semester there. Uh, so you're saying they have to come to this talk uh, would mean they would finish out like the commitments they already have. Uh, and I don't want to get too deep in the weeds in this, Diane, but uh, so GDK, Mom and Dad, Aunt Penny, the teacher, they were all a team. Uh, but D- G and DK's reaction to all this and not being able to be a part of the, the appeals process or the decisions, uh, they uh, they were mad, M-A-D, Diane, very mad, uh, and they reacted differently than I've seen them before in a focused way. Now, again, I don't want to say it wasn't because I was there, but they didn't have anyone to run these ideas by and to bring it up first. So I don't know if I could have been a moderate voice of moderation or reason or if I'm just, you know, saying, Simon, you're more important than you think you are. Uh, just because I miss them. Uh, but plus, when I'm away, it just seems everything seems more mysterious anyway, Dan. Also, maybe it was my fault, some of this, because I was I started to try to, uh, like, you know, when you see movies, there's the force, uh, and there's moving things with force. Uh, and so I said, I wonder if I could communicate with them by moving stuff. You know, I can't physically go to see them. And so what I would do, it's like, you know, when people in the movies, they hold their hand to their head and they close their eyes and they like uh, furrow their brow and try to move stuff around. Uh, And so around this time, GNDK started a lemonade stand. And I think it was just out of uh, like, so they would have this public, like it was something to do. And it was a stone soup lemonade stand for all their friends. It was like, kind of like a good, like an ongoing goodbye party. And to say, hey, we're sitting, we're not going anywhere, splainers, until it's time for us to leave. And you know, the, one of their customers had that place right by the pickleball and the tennis court. So they had a stone, kind of like stone soup lemonade stand where they would sit there with lemonade for free and people that wanted it could just come and get it, but also you could bring ingredients or contribute to the cost. And so they would sit there and do that and they would sip lemonade with their friends and with other people that were new friends. And, you know, then they got visited by the, the, the they said, well, you can't take money for that. And they said, okay, we're not, we're not taking any money. Don't worry about it. Uh, and they said, well, you don't have a permit to, to, to be giving away, like, uh, I don't know. And so GNDK kept getting more and more frustrated because they, they were getting their lemonade stand for, for, uh, shut down. But many people had brought lemonade ingredients. So the first time I tried to move something was after they said, well, you don't have a health permit to do this. And so I think what happened was I accidentally knocked over some of that, uh, it wasn't country time, it was like a Publix pink lemonade powder, and I spilled it on the floor in front of GNDK. Uh, but I think it was in the middle of the brainstorming, and I wasn't paying attention because I was trying to push things. Uh, and if they they said, Uncle Simon, uh, and they looked at the spill of lemonade, and, they, I th- and then I spilled a whole uh, basket of lemons, 
And I think they saw that as a sign from me to take things to another level eventually. And so the splainers had to shut down their lemonade stand. Now, what they didn't realize was that this was right at the towards the beginning. Like they had set things in motion with GNDK leading up to spring break. And this year just happened to be a year that almost all spring breaks in the entire country were aligned because of the first moon and full moons in spring and all the different holidays that revolve around that. Uh, it just happened to be that most, almost, it was just a, like a, like a, a blue once in a blue moon thing of like so many majority of uh, schools in the U.S. having the same spring break. And what this meant is that a ton of people were coming to the villages uh, for spring break, grandchildren, to stay with their grandparents. Uh, and I guess what, and everybody goes to the pools. Every little town, village in the towns has its own pool. And some are, are family pools and some are adult only pools. So these were the family pools. Also, a lot of kids would be there with their parents and their grandparents. People have devices at this point, word of mouth uh, for GNDK through all their customers and their friends was very good. And the, the, so, so GNDK, I guess, had a plan. I missed out on this part somehow. And somehow they got it through the word of the mouth and because everybody would be at the pools talking and also through their devices, but mostly one-on-one. That like uh, a couple days into spring break, uh, one morning. Now the the, the town's day, and you might hear me say it's a big. It's like a, a thousand sixty sixty hundred sixty thousand people or so. You know, sixty eighty thousand homes. Uh, but just so one morning, uh, at around eleven a.m. across the villages in the thousands day in. So all the grocery, GNDK had prepared for this, obviously, but uh, thousands of lemonade stands popped up around the towns. And it was just one of those perfect days where the weather was hot and everybody uh, had it. And then at like 2 p.m., right when the Splainers caught wind of it, and there was nothing they could do because there were thousands of lemonade stands, uh, right by late afternoon, the lemonade stands were gone. But the Splainers were kind of running around. And then the next day, nothing happened. But this is like uh, the rhythms of spring break are like uh, if you're the, the, by like the late middle of the week, uh, you could only go to the pool and go out for ice cream and drive around, you know, so many times. Uh, so then in the morning, all of the lemonade stands, and again, they'd said they'd sent out emails, oh, no lemonade stands, this was against blah, blah, blah. Uh, but one morning after, again, not only was there thousands of lemonade stands that popped up, Diane, all the lemonade stands were themed. And not only that, there was like, I, I, I guess this is, I'm so proud of them. They, they had this app or a plug-in or something with a map, I don't know. And you could do all these walks, like a lemonade stand crawl. And you could, you know, obviously you couldn't go to a thousand, but you could go to the ones in your neighbor, you know, in your village or neighborhood in, in the towns. Uh, 
or just go to the ones that are Hawaiian-themed. Just go to the ones that are based on heroes or heroines. Just go to the historical reenactment-themed ones. And each one had games and giveaways. And so now you have the towns uh, full of all these. Uh, now, a lot of people didn't even know about the lemonade stands because there's only thousands. But there's tens of thousands of guests. Uh, and now they have something fun to do all day. And so they're touring around. They're finding out about this app. Uh, and they're walking from lemonade stand to lemonade stand. Now, of course, the splainers were calling this protest marches, but they were just walking and walking paths. And, I mean, I think I would call it the Great Lemonade Spring myself, Diane. Yeah, but, yeah, everyone was walking and they were marching and really making a show of stuff. And, and you know, G and DK were behind all, you know, Aunt Penny, some other people helped. Uh, and even G and DK's teacher had come with some of the students. Uh, that was already planned. It was not uh, related and then the next day again, lemonade stands were gone, Diane. And, you know, then GNDK, I guess, had a big debate about whether to do one more last act of, like, empty lemonade stands or make your own lemonade stands uh, or what. And I, I don't think they slept. Instead, what they did was uh, they took the maps idea and just made all these fun walks for everybody to do based on the lemonade stands and what they discovered from the data from the lemonade stands, what they knew about the, already about the towns, other things people had marked on these map I don't know, the map plugins or whatever, Diane. I don't know that stuff. And suddenly there was this, they had this application, and then uh, things just happened from there, Diane, that... Uh, you know, Splainer, this was online. It was in, like, a, this was a, their new business. I, I guess I'll just tell you it. Uh, and then they had this better idea. Now, this didn't all happen in the, the spring break, but uh, moving forward. And I'm still trying to get back there, Diane. Don't worry. I have a plan that I'm going to carry out in a couple of days. But so they have this new business called 7500 Step Tours. Uh, uh, for the residents of the towns uh, that they could purchase from a company that's not based in the towns because it's the internet. And because they said, well, you usually walk 2,500 steps just by yourself, but if you want to watch those extra 7,500 steps, uh, the, the, here's a bunch of different walks you could do around the towns. You could go see these sites, you know, the bird walks it built on that. Uh, you could take a shuffleboard tour. Uh, but, you know, pickleball, you, pick, pickleball watching, also, you know, oh, uh, Diane. And they submitted that uh, with their teacher. They worked with their teacher to say, well, okay, this is where we're, we're going to base the business out of where we live uh, outside of Florida then. And this is the business that our original business informed. Uh, and this is what we learned uh, and so by the time the presentation of school board and all that came around, uh, you know, all of these explainers uh, were left slack-jawed because they had actually, like, uh, their obstacles had empowered GNDK to solve things even further. And, uh, you know, mostly GNDK just ignored them, which is what uh, works uh, always. Uh, 
Ian, I, I just hope I can get back there to do some of these tours before GNDK leave Florida and get back and, and say hi to them. And, you know, you know, even though we like, uh, you know, cause I'm not, a, I'm a big farm resident. It's not the same hugging, but it's still like, uh, just seeing them, but it's good day. And they've succeeded in the face of, uh, people making it harder on them. And then I know it's just so nice, and I'm so like I could see them resting, satisfied that they they t- they actually made lemon laid out of lemons, Diane. Oh boy, am I proud! I'll talk to you soon.